Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Frankly with Faith. I'm your host, Faith Tomlinson. I am so glad that you are tuning in today. We have a special guest who's going to be joining us a little later. I'll give you some hints. So let's see. Uh, I think the world of him. Uh, sometimes I want to hit him in the throat. <laughs> and uh, yet I still think he's the bee's knees. You've probably guessed it. Uh, my husband, Stephen. But first, I have a question for you. Have you ever lived abroad as an expat? For those of you that don't know, an expat or expatriate is someone who lives outside their native country. So this is the transition we are currently going through. Steve has already moved to Saudi and he's started working. Uh, He goes to work uh, pretty much every day just because things are crazy right now. So he's already started his life in Saudi Arabia and I will be joining him soon. And while I'm holding down the fort here in the States and wrapping things up on the home front, I'm also doing lots and lots of research to prepare myself for this next chapter. You know, just doing my homework and due diligence so I'm as mentally prepared as possible. I am excited for this adventure and I cannot wait to experience everything that Saudi has to offer. I've been really lucky too during this process because... Steve and I both know people who have lived in Saudi or other Middle Eastern countries, and so I've been leaning on them for advice and firsthand knowledge. So moving and living abroad, for us, that's going to be Saudi Arabia. And some of the immediate things I'm excited to discover, uh, abayas. So I've already purchased my first abaya here in the States. It's all black with gold embellishments all over it. Um, it's kind of intricate and it's really, really pretty. And so I've found out too that abayas don't have to be all black. So you can get abayas in different colors and with patterns on them and other embellishments. So I'm really excited to see what I can get over there versus here. And I've been told too, they're a lot cheaper already in Saudi Arabia. So I'm not really going to be buying any more abayas here uh, stateside. I'm just going to wait until I get there. And another thing I'm looking forward to is getting acquainted with the ease and familiarity of compound living. So living on a compound, you're free to live in a very similar style to how you live at home. Uh, Western compounds are very safe. They are fortified, so to speak. So there's concrete walls going all around. There's 24-7 patrolled security. There are multiple gates and checkpoints to get onto the compound. So they're very, very safe. And within the compound, through my research and what other people have told me who have lived there and Stephen, there are uh, lots of amenities to make you comfortable and keep you entertained. So daycare centers, learning centers, movie theaters, bowling alleys, restaurants, cafes, saunas, spas, gym. Uh, I know Iris Stephen said has an indoor outdoor kind of resort style pool. So I'm looking forward to having this all in, you know, a very small sort of radius and community just right at your fingertips. So you can just 
walk there and, and be within the pool or the bowling alley within several minutes. So I think that's really cool. And um, there's also plenty of private beaches, cafes, different restaurants. Um, I can't wait to experience, of course, the different culture. I have never lived in a Middle Eastern country, but I'm excited personally just to see what it's like and what it's all about, um, to try the new foods and be in a different environment. For instance, like one of the things that I can't wait to do when I get there, I told Steve this, is get on a four-wheeler and go riding through the sand dunes. I mean, who wouldn't want to go four-wheeling in the desert? And another thing are the uh, falcon races. Yes, you heard me correctly, racing of the actual birds. I first discovered falcon races last year uh, when we were in, uh, what was that? Uh, Oh, Turkey. I'm sorry. When we were in Turkey for my birthday, uh, we were chilling in the room. I turned on the TV and just stumbled upon falcon races being televised. And though I couldn't understand a word, I was completely enthralled. These birds are beautiful and majestic and regal. And it just seemed like a lot of fun. The best way for me to equate what I was watching is like a horse racing back in the States. So something kind of like the Kentucky Derby. So it looks like a really awesome just social gathering and experience to meet and mingle with with different people. So I'm looking forward to that. With all of that being said, who better to tell you about what it's like to move to Saudi and their personal experience from their first few weeks of moving there and living there, none other than Stephen. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome, Steve, to the show. So hello, and thank you for having me, and thank you for the introduction. This is, in fact, your better half from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So again, thank you for having me. I think since I've done like job interviews, this is maybe my first interview, so I don't think I'm ever been important enough for an actual interview, but now I am, so one down, I hope. So, you failed to mention I'm a Clemson graduate, and because of that, I would care to be addressed as a national champion. So, also, I like to consider myself a accomplished traveler. And I've been working 10 plus years in the oil field, so some of that travel has been for work, you know, including China and Oman, all over U.S., Kuwait, all sorts of uh, different places, and now permanently in Saudi Arabia. So I've had my share of, I guess, different cultures. So yeah, about uh, about this trip and this final move to Saudi, uh, it uh, certainly brought into um, emphasis the fact that the oil field does not sleep and they do not take a day off. I left on December the 25th. For those of you who 
don't know or aren't Christian, that is Christmas Day. So at least I got to spend the morning and day with you before flying out Christmas Day night, uh, leaving for Oman. So there in turn, I, I flew to Oman, where I've been flying for three years. And then I spent three days meeting with friends and saying goodbye to, you know, people I'd worked with for years and then kind of collecting my things and then canceling my visa. So it was, uh, as usual, there was no lack of um, story there. So when you leave Oman and maybe some other countries, you have to cancel your residency. Um, so in doing that, you have to go through a special section of the airport where you forfeit your residency ID and give them a bunch of paperwork. And then you come in kind of a different way into security. And then, of course, you, you can't really go backwards across the border or anything. Not that there's really ever been a reason to, except for in my case, of course. So because I was moving from Oman, I had all of my belongings, so I had to check a bunch of bags and, <clears throat> you know, even had uh, overage charges and this, but not thinking, you know, I'm schleffing all these bags around. I had a gift from the people I worked with in Oman, which is their kind of a national symbol, which is uh, something called a, a kodger. Kodger, I believe. In essence, it's a big blade, a big sword, if you will. And so, not thinking I had this in my carry-on, I went across the border, control, and then through security, and of course they halted me right there. So I kind of pleaded with them, it's a gift, you could see it's, it's really ornamental, but, uh... When they unsheathed it, I I think there there was no way they were gonna let me pass through with it. So, you know, I told them three years I've been working, and now this is kind of my token of leaving the country, and and they understood again. It was it's it's kind of a national symbol. So, this guy, which will definitely show you the contrast between the rest of the world and the U.S. He basically made a deal with me to pass my, um, I guess pass my management and HR, his brother's engineering resume because it was tough for him to get a job, and he would help me out. So, of course, I agreed, and he continued to physically walk with me back through security, uh, across the border control, to the front of baggage claim, and we got my bag checked. He walked me back, you know, past each of these things, waving, you know, you know, hi, Abdullah, this, that. And just walked right back like nothing had happened, which is absolutely insane, but extremely uh, telling of their, you know, nature, at least in Oman. They were just always very friendly. So nothing is dull when I'm traveling and... There's always something interesting. So that was my move, and then I moved onwards 
to my flight to the kingdom. Yeah, so preparing for this move, other than it was a permanent move, uh, you know, as you know, we're still, we still have to pack all our stuff through a moving company, etc. So it, it really was, uh, wasn't very different from me going back to Oman. I still got my jugs of ranch dressing that I have to have over here. But really, it was mostly the same. It was just a, a bit different emotionally, I guess. And, you know, have to line everything up. There's tons of visa stuff beforehand, which is really a pain. But the long and the short was, it, it, it wasn't too different. Um, really just the destination. So the travel, you know, I, I kind of spoke on before. You know, the travel, honestly, was was pretty standard. Except, uh, of course, the the logistics of my company never, never fail to disappoint. I mean, almost on cue, when I'm arriving in a foreign country, I have to expect I'm going to be stranded. When I first got to Saudi, I had my visa, and, you know, just given the conservative nature, at least uh, historically with with what uh, Westerners think, uh, I thought it was going to be much more difficult and, and a bigger culture shock and, and, and getting through customs was going to be a pain. But really there was no issue with that. I, I cruised through, you know, did my photo and fingerprinting and, you know, my bags got scanned, no issue. Of course I knew not to bring anything that would you know, spark alarms, but anyway, there was, there was no problem getting my bags back, and, but now, of course, I have these five bags, and I have a confirmed ride from my company, I was supposed to expect to come out to the reception hall, and of course, I don't see a sign that's supposed to say my name, so as you know from past stories, I've told you, uh, this just, this is just how it goes, so when I don't find my name, I wait about 20 minutes, and I'm annoyed. It's maybe 9 at night. So I immediately go and I buy a SIM card so that I could call internationally inside the country, I guess, actually. And there was a number attached to the email from my company about the driving confirmation and, and what have you. And I called, and I guess because my flight was delayed 30 minutes coming in, they decided that they would reroute that driver for other driving activities. And so they basically said, I, I have to wait another two and a half hours, which is absurd, absolutely absurd after traveling internationally. So, and, and, and the problem was I, was I was basically handcuffed because... I normally would take a taxi or an Uber or something and just at least get where I need to go and go to sleep. But the problem was I didn't know where I was going, really any details about the place, how I was going to check in, just the driver. I don't know, does he have some part in like getting me through to like some special reception area? So, long story short, I had to wait. <laughs> and... You know, things you don't think about. I mean, of course, just frustrating, but at least you're by yourself, not with a family and kids. But 
I mean, I have these five bags. It's like, what do you do when you have to go to the bathroom? So, I mean, I left my bags, obviously. I wasn't not going to go to the bathroom. So uh, I came back, and they weren't incinerated, and I wasn't hauled off to prison. So, But that uh, that was, of course, the rocky start I'm accustomed to arriving to uh, a new work location. And even worse, we got to this place that was... Uh, staff house and I swear they they just put me in like the worst room in the worst place um it was like a college dorm it like smelled like fish and and it had a shared bathroom with three people and it, it's not so bad of something I hadn't seen before going through the field life and experience and different staff houses and different rig camps but I guess just given my promotion I was expecting kind of a a better reception, so, but it only lasted about three days until I basically ran it up the chain to HR, I was like, no, no, this isn't going to work for me, you know, and you know, I'm not like fancy or anything, but, uh, you know, I've done that same thing for over 10 years, and that was pretty much a wrap on that, so at least the process was started of getting me out of there into an apartment, it took like 15 to 20 more days that I just survived but at least then uh it was a sharp contrast to where they put me now is uh extremely nice brand new so you know with starting work uh i think i was i think i was more surprised coming here with the job than i was with the culture of saudi um Granted, I am coming from another Arab country and Muslim country, so of course the 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 amount of culture shock for for some issues like that um, were definitely muted a bit. But I guess I just always thought uh, it was much more conservative, and I think in the past few years it's it's certainly dropped a bit of that. Um, so I was less shocked by that and more shocked by the job and the stress and the, the volume of work and the volume of uh, activity that they have and just how chaotic my job is. I've told you before it's kind of akin to when you look at a watch a movie with like the stockbrokers or like Wall Street like trading floor. It's just like chaos all day long running around trying to web two people together and then, you know, meetings apart from meetings and then running around trying to, to accomplish what you talked about in that meeting before the next meeting. So it's just kind of crazy. Um, but I'm getting used to I'm getting a little bit more control, but uh, such as the oil field that it's, it has its, uh, its peaks and troughs. So it gets really, really busy and then it slows down and you get this sense of uh, pseudo control, and then when it peaks back up again, it really, it really knocks you on your butt. So, you know, it's day to day at this point. So, but most of the other things like grocery shopping and the stores, I finally did find a good store. So, uh, you know, I could pretty much get anything I need for food, and you know, none of that's been an issue. So. Uh, the only thing I would say now, the biggest difference I found, which which could seem really, really subtle, 
what you'd be surprised is during their five prayer times, which is uh, in, in any of the Muslim countries, Oman was the same. You would hear the prayer call five times a day. And essentially there, there would be prayer uh, for five to ten minutes. But in Saudi, they actually close everything. And it's it's kind of based on a historical precedence that they've always done. But it's for like 25 minutes. And it just always seems like your timing is during that 25 minutes to get something done. And so it seems so minor. But when you are running out of fuel and the gas stations are closed or you need to go to the bank or you went to get food and now you got to sit outside and wait for like 20 25 minutes or one time I went to the walked all the way to the mall I was kind of in a hurry I had to go to the store to get credit for my cell phone and I saw the curtains come down and I knew I was going to be waiting so it's a significant difference it's not a huge problem especially if you time your your day right, except for on Friday, which is their official start of the weekend and their their holy day. Really, nothing is open till four. So, so these are the big differences I've seen here versus some of the other Gulf countries. So, as far as like living conditions now, I, I think I I touched on it, but my new place is fantastic. Um, it has outdoor pool. It's more like a resort. Uh, in some ways, and I haven't really got the full chance to utilize it, but it's still exciting and clean and comfortable. It has, you know, an indoor-outdoor pool, outdoor tennis court, has like two restaurants, a coffee shop, a mini-mart, bowling alleys, uh, racquetball courts, movie theater, so it's really a self sustaining community on its own but you know I've never lived in a place where I could walk to both the pool the tennis court the bowling alley the moving theater you know and the store all within three minute walk so it's pretty cool and it's really really close to the golf which is not the most beautiful coastline. It's still a neat experience and it's neat to see it there. And even on top of that, I, I have my rental car now and driving uh, is certainly liberating, at least not depending on Uber or a bus. And so I feel pretty natural driving here. Um, although not all the drivers are so good. They do, uh, I guess what we call the Saudi drift. Uh, which is very different than a Tokyo drift. It's, uh, it's kind of like when you see someone texting and they just start to like float across the lane, uh, before they like pull the wheel back. It's kind of like that, but it's like 80% of them then are texting and they never pull the wheel back. So they just like glide across lanes, like carelessly and drive in the shoulder so it's pretty crazy, but um, for the most part, it's 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 much more manageable than I've seen in several places I've either driven or been in cabs or anything. So, 
but it is nice to to drink my coffee and roll down the window and drive to work and so these things are nice yeah so i mean it's like any any time we've been apart it's always tough and frustrating and not fair to me sometimes and not fair to you other times and we we have our tiffs and it's just tough because you know i i love you and i i would love to talk to you as much as you want to talk to me and i hate that sometimes that kind of conveys a message that i'm not you know i don't care but honestly i i think two nights ago i fell asleep with my shoes on like it's really really exhausting right now and um I just can't wait. It'll be great when you actually get here. And, uh, and of course, what I'm going to say is it'll sound like very, very domestic demands that I have or, or what I'm looking forward to, you know, like not having to make my lunch for the next day when I get home and I'm tired, not having to make dinner when I get home and I'm tired, not having to do laundry, and just, you know, just someone being there, you know, a, a presence of someone you know, with me and to do things with when I have time. So all of this will be really, really nice when you get here. As far as you moving here, uh, I think that just like anything that's not, you just can't encapsulate some things in, in a description or in a picture. Sometimes you just need to like be here and just see like and just see kind of I won't say the shock, just uh, you'll realize that it's just, I mean, it's different. But I don't think it will be extremely overwhelming for you here versus a lot of other places. And I think you will make friends and you'll enjoy. Uh, at first, it'll be super exciting, and then hopefully it isn't super boring, because I think you'll start to meet people, get involved in activities, and obviously you'll have this amazing compound. So whenever I feel bad for you, I just won't. So thank you again for having me. Next time we talk and have an interview, I think we will be physically together and that is exciting both here in Saudi it'd be something to look forward to so good luck going forward with your other interviews I'm sure they're not quite as cool as me but uh, I mean that's why you chose me so I'm signing off faithfully Stephen so there you have it, firsthand experience and knowledge from someone who has moved to another country and begun to live their life abroad. I just want to say thank you to Stephen for coming on and sharing your experiences with us. I actually really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to having you on a lot more, and I hope you guys are too. With all the updates that Stephen gives me about life in Saudi Arabia, I just become more uh, eager to get there and experience things for myself firsthand, immersing myself in a different culture, learning a new language, uh, visiting different places, and working with the local people, even meeting other expats from all around the world, all of which work together to broaden our perspectives and allow us to fully embrace differences with uh, 
with respect. You've been listening to Frankly with Faith. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and like. I welcome interaction and I encourage it. So send me a message with questions and comments. You can email me at franklywithfaith at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at frankly underscore with faith and check out the website at www.franklywithfaith.com. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Frankly with Faith.